Hi, welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle, your host, and I'm really happy you're here. Can I just tell you that I'm having a moment where I have like serious like internet beef with someone. They don't, I mean, it's not like real internet beef, but it like, they don't know that we have the beef and like, it's, it's like virtual. It's not even really virtual beef. It's just like general vibe beef. Like I just don't like the vibes of this person. And I really only experience them virtually vibe beef. Someone should steal that. You should, you should make a business around vibe beef. I don't know what it would be. Maybe like a, an, like a vegan beef option. IDK. But I have vibe, general vibe beef with this person because I find them just like so vexing. And and I will leave them anonymous, but, but let me just explain. So this person is a cultural commentator and ca- calls himself this. And sure, like you can call yourself whatever you want. I don't care. But what he does is he just like nags everything. He thinks everything is stupid. And like anyone who anything that he doesn't like, which is like most things, it, are corny. In particular, things that are popular that other people like, he hates. And he ne- does not have a single nice thing to say. It's like everything that he says is negative. Like, that's stupid. That's corny. That's lame. Make fun of those people because they're fucking nerds. Blah, 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 blah. This guy has like a pretty big following. And I just, I, I like noticed it. And now I can't stop noticing it. And it it frustrates me to no end. Ugh, because probably because, you know, I can tend to be a pretty judgmental person. I don't know if you can relate, but, uh, you know, I'm like an optimistic skeptic. I'm a skeptic by nature. I think like on one end of my spectrum when I'm like very out of balance, I'm like very judgmental and I'm very closed off to new experiences or things. And I don't trust anyone or anything. And on the other end, you know, I'm open to lots of lots of experiences and people and blah, 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 blah. But this like this guy in particular, this cultural commentator, my vibe beef with him is that like, you know, not liking things is not a personality. It's not a fucking personality, you know? Like you can't build your whole persona, you can't build your whole identity on just like being the guy that the person that doesn't like things. Like that is so boring. Get a personality, you know? (laughs) And it makes me think about something that I hear a lot. And and like, granted, I've totally been there. Where hating things does kind of become your personality. Like you're defined by what you don't like and what you don't stand for rather than what you do like and what you do stand for. And that's so limiting, right? It's also like boring. And I feel like we see this a lot, actually, especially in wellness and well-being with social media, with honestly like technology and, you know, development in this realm, in the virtual realm. How many times have you heard someone say, oh, yeah, I hate Instagram, but it's like a necessary evil? Well, shit, man, if you if you relate to your social media presence as a necessary evil, then I can guarantee you, one, that you're not going to have a good time. You're straight up not going to have a good time. And second, two, it's probably not going to do very well. Also, I, I just fundamentally don't understand why you would do something that you don't enjoy. We only get so much time to breathe this air, to be in these bodies. Like, why would you spend any time doing things that you don't? love, (laughs) you know, that don't like feel nourishing and exciting to you. I don't get it. But I can recognize feeling like trapped, right? Like you have to do this thing. You have to be on Instagram. You have to be on TikTok or else. And you hate it. And like almost feeling like because you're sort of pushed up against a corner, feeling like, you know, this is the only thing that you can use in order to get traction or to get in front of people, that it almost makes you resent it more. And 
if that's working for you and you're like down with that and you want to maintain that perspective, truly no judgment, like go off. If that works for you, then that works for you. Amazing. Great. But I would venture to say that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are probably similar to me and they it does not work for them to like be in that like sort of negativity spiral all the time. I'm just like, I hate this. I'm dragging my feet doing this. This is the worst. This is it. It literally feels evil. In which case I would say perhaps we can have a vibe shift <laughs> and and reframe how we use these tools. And I think it's also like we're in general, what I'm hearing is we're just getting a little bored with being haters, you know, like I'm bored hating. and It's not interesting anymore to hate Instagram. It's not interesting anymore to to like poo poo technology. It's not interesting anymore. Honestly, when I hear someone say I'm not interested in Web3, I think it's so stupid. I'm like, wow, that is so I mean, <laughs> that is like so many things, but it's a very privileged it's very privileged to say that because Web3, honestly, like is trying to rebuild a new world. It's very like modeled after abolition in a way where instead of trying to revise a broken system, abolition asks us to imagine a new, a brand new system, a brand new world. And anyways, I mean, I'm getting off topic here, but I, I do think that like, especially intuitive and magical and squiggly brained people, nonlinear brained people, we have this gift, the superpower, which is being able to see things differently and choose choose how we want to feel and then create magic, create rituals to make that happen, you know, to turn a place that feels like dark and scary and not so dope, like maybe the internet, to this like incredible universe where we can cast spells for good and help more people. And I want to talk about that over the next couple of weeks on the podcast. So as a heads up, that's what is happening. But if you've ever asked yourself, like, how can I not hate social media? This one's for you, my friend. Get ready. Buckle up. Take your bra off. We're going to be here for a while. So I think that the key to not hating social media and the reason that most people hate social media is because they have to reduce themselves down to this like fake weird shell of who they actually are. And of course, when we become vulnerable by putting ourselves a part of us out there on the internet, we also are afraid of the kickback that we might face, the pushback that we might face, getting canceled, getting judged, whatever might happen. And I think that we also, and I'll speak from the eye, I know that I have felt in the past that well, the things that I'm really interested in, the things I really want to share, the things that really excite me, they don't necessarily like work with Instagram. I don't think people want to see them. And maybe if I do show them those parts of me, they'll actually be alienated or they won't like me. And we talk so, I mean, we talk. Social media experts <laughs> talk so much about being authentic, right? Authentic on the internet. But they also talk about niching down and getting really specific about who you are and making sure that you have, I don't know, like three words that someone can describe you by when they see your social media profile, especially if you are a business owner or you're a business or you're a brand. And I think that's actually quite a disservice and probably why we hate Instagram so much or why we feel or TikTok or whatever, your social media, you know, poison of choice, why we just feel so almost degraded by it and minimized by it. It's because we're simultaneously told we'll be authentic, 
but not like that. Be authentic only in like these. Just only show people like these parts of you. But get as deep and get as vulnerable as you can in those parts. But then like mm, shut off the rest of the stuff. And that's not true. You know, that's like not a true, a true with a capital T. Like that is not truth. And that's not the truth of who we are. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, then you probably have a message to share with people. And you might not know what that message is yet, but all parts of you are necessary to share that message. Your past, your present, your future. And all experiences that you've had will inevitably color how you deliver that message to the world, how you bring that thing into the world, how you share and how you see the world, all of that is impacted by what we've experienced, what we've gone through, what we've loved. And so often when we sort of niche down, quote unquote, we're stripping away maybe the interests, the experiences, the maybe the, the desires that we've had that have, that have totally shaped our world or, or gotten us to where we are, but they don't fit conveniently into like a tight little 30 second elevator pitch about who we are and why we do what we do. So they get cut out. But those pieces are really important because they, they again, they're why you see the world the way you see it. And I think that we can, well, it's like, okay, that makes sense, right? But how do I like bring everything that I've ever been interested in and like everything that I want to do today? Let's say, you know, who I am today. I'm interested in longboard dancing and coffee and reading books and learning how to draw and playing the piano and my dog and ballet and podcasting and trend forecasting. I'm interested in all these things, right? How do I bring them all in without feeling like they're all over the place or like there is no through line or like it's just a mess and and people like don't even really know what to follow and they don't really really understand it doesn't help them understand me more and i think that's where something called your unique intersection comes in now if you had a highlighter i would say highlight unique intersection because it's going to be what we talk about for the rest of this episode and i would argue that knowing your unique intersection is the root of everything that you do whether it's your sort of like as a i would say probably as a business owner or a brand or a personality if you want to become an influencer or an expert in a space and to be quite candid with you, I haven't really thought about this for like a person person. And I don't know if I would. Maybe I would use a unique intersection to describe like an epoch or an era in my life. Like during this next five years, my unique intersection is X and Y. But anyways, I've mostly thought about this as a brand or business perspective. So take that and do with it what you will. Although I do, I do like what I just came up with about, you know, epochs and eras. I do think that that's pretty valuable. So a unique intersection is a place where you actually take two disparate ideas and you stand in the center of them. And what connects them, what unites them, what they have in common is you. So often we feel trapped or held back from taking the next step in the work that we want to do, in the business we want to create, in some idea that we want to execute on because we're worried that we're going to have, I don't know, we're going to get bored with it. 
like especially squiggly brained people, especially nonlinear thinkers, especially people who are collapsed timelines, right? Who are used to moving pretty quickly through through many eras in their lives. We have this fear that, well, if I hitch my wagon to this concept, then I'm going to be stuck talking about this for the rest of my life. And what if I think it's boring in two years? And can you imagine what will happen then? I'll have worked myself into this niche that I'm not interested in, that doesn't excite me, that is so boring, but it's like the only thing I can do. It's like making a, it's a prison of your own making, right? And so instead of getting started, we say, well, I don't, I don't want to be connected to that forever, even though we're not (laughs) like, that hasn't happened yet. We're just like, you know, supposing into the future. Well, I don't want to be stuck like talking about that forever. So I'm just not going to do it because what if I change my mind and I end up not liking that thing in two years or three years or five years or 10 years? Okay, fine. I, I understand. I'm a squiggly brained ADHD person. My it's my attention is literally a ping pong. My interests bounce around all the time, constantly. I, I get it. And <laughs> that is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> because when you find a unique intersection, instead of it making you niche down, it actually opens you up. It's like having a tether or or a foundation that sort of ties you to the earth, but allows you this giant slack, you know, this you know gigantic cord that allows you to unravel out into space, into outer space, freely to explore. Instead of feeling trapped, like the tether is only one foot long, you actually have even more freedom to explore and honestly to create a universe and worldview around you that makes sense. Because all that we're doing as human beings is trying to make meaning of the world that we see. And so we're using meaning-making systems, which we've talked about on the 12th House podcast before, and we're creating our own meaning-making systems through the things that we experience. And when we create meaning-making systems, we do this unconsciously most of the time. We're sort of like adding to our encyclopedic knowledge of like things I understand, how life works, what things are, what is true. And of course, we we do that through real life experiences. We do that through culture. That's why culture is so important. So art, movies, internet, all these things, they give us potential perspectives or opportunities to experience something that we wouldn't experience firsthand in our own lives that help us create craft our worldview and our meaning-making systems and make sense of the world. And then, of course, like our spirituality, our relationship to spirit and the beyond and whatever else we see, magic, intuition, all that stuff, all of these things. And I would say also like your past life, not to get so like out there, but your past life experiences, your past life knowledge also comes in to help you understand the world that you see. And when we can craft this worldview, when we can be conscientious of it, we start to see how every little thing that we do, every hobby, every interest, every experience gets folded in and makes up that worldview. It makes sense when you plug it in. It's like everything has a place. And I think that there's this weird fear about being too all over the place or being flighty or whatever. If you like lots of different things, if you jump from concept to concept or or idea to idea, when really like no, <laughs> that's not necessarily true. You know, your many interests make you interesting. <laughs> and they also help you understand the world in a more robust way, not just through one lens, but through many lenses. 
And when we find our unique intersection between two disparate ideas, that's our anchor point. And from there, we have this freedom to to explore all these other places, all these other, you know, inputs and basically run them through this unique intersection lens or apply them to this unique intersection lens. That basically means that you've created a worldview because of your unique interests and experiences, which include things that, you know, don't quote unquote make sense together, but they do make sense together because it's gotten you to this point. Reducing ourselves down to just a couple words on social media or like a niche is so harmful because it doesn't give us space to say, here's all my life experience that's added up to me feeling the way that I feel or understanding what I understand about this concept or this idea or what's happening in the world. And that's necessary. That's that's so important, especially if we want to have compassion for each other, especially if we want to change people's minds. We need to show our humanity and see other people's humanity. And I'll give you some examples of unique intersections because also, by the way, when you find your unique intersection, you immediately become a contributor. I wouldn't say expert necessarily. You you can become an expert, but when you stand at a unique intersection, that usually means that there's not very many other people there standing on the corner of the intersection with you. Especially if you take two concepts that seem like they might not have anything in common. That means that it's going to be easier for you to be heard, to be seen because there are simply it's a less crowded space. So if you have a business or you're thinking of starting a business, then that's something to potentially think about. And I think that this also comes into play when we're thinking about intuition, witchcraft, spirituality, all the stuff that we talk about at holisticism. Often we want more. We want to be more than just the sort of like stereotype of a spiritual person. But in our rush to not be viewed as like just spiritual, which has connotations, you know, positive and negative connotations with it, we often tamper down our spirituality or our intuition. And what if we could be at the inter- unique intersection of both? It allows for our multiplicity, which we love. So let's examine a couple of unique intersections. For example, holisticism's unique intersection is business and intuition or spirituality. So we uh, you know, look at business from that space, from that perspective. And anything that has to do with businesses and anything that has to do with well-being and spirituality and witchcraft, all of these concepts, intuition, that's all fair game for me to talk about. But we also talk about a lot of other things beyond that, right? Because also in business, we probably are going to look at things like mindset. We're going to look at things like products and creation. We're going to look at marketing and content. And then on the other side of my unique intersection is my intuition, my magic, my witchcraft, my spell work. And there's so much to talk about there from lineage to actual practices to how to do these things, to how to integrate them, to the lessons that are there that we can learn. And from there, I have so much that I can make and I can create. But there's also so much that when I have another interest that pops up for me, say, longboard dancing, I can make it work, right? I can make it work in, you know, through the lens of my unique intersection. If I'm talking about it on social media, sharing it with my friends or my followers, how might I I express that? Well, 
you know, intuition and spirituality for me and from my perspective is like so much of finding yourself and finding joy and finding freedom. And when I'm longboard dancing, I'm like, that's exactly how it feels. It feels amazing. And I'm not very good. And so I need to like really flex my failure tolerance muscle and get okay failing and falling. And from my, you know, business perspective, that's necessary. You cannot get to success without having failures. So if we're afraid to fail, then we're never going to succeed. It sounds so stupid, but you know, when you make a sale, well, even if you have a a 10% conversion rate, that means nine out of 10 times someone says no to you. No, I don't want to buy that thing. But once, once every 10 times someone says, okay, yeah, I will. Sure. So that doesn't mean, you know, that I shouldn't go out and sell things. It just means that I got to be okay getting no's because like I just have to talk to more people. That's how I increase my sales, right? So I can totally talk about failure tolerance and skateboarding. I can also like talk about joy, especially if I'm bringing joy into my business because that's what intuition tells me. Intuition frees me to do. Then like bang, bang, boom, right? That's my unique intersection. So once I've got that, I really can make almost anything that I'm truly interested in apply to it. Let's look at a couple other examples of unique intersections. I love this account, Kardashian Colloquium. It's run by this woman, MJ Corey, who's a therapist and who's also a media criticism, you know, expert, I would say, or she studies media criticism and media critique. And she also, obviously, based on the name, is really interested in studying the Kardashians, but I would say more globally, like reality TV and influencers. So her unique intersection is media studies and criticism, you know, reading like Baudrillard, referencing Baudrillard, and the Kardashians, and really what modern media, like reality TV, Instagram, social, these platforms that we're all on, how they tell us more about our humanity. And really how they tell us about things like our power struggle, our relationship to community and each other, and our relationship to technology. And this person, oh my God, she's made some insane, amazing content. And she has so many different things that she could talk about. She could talk about her therapy practice and how it relates to media. Because of course, like when we're taking in culture, things like movie, t- movies, TV, Instagram influencers, that impacts our self-concept. And philosophy and metaphysics and media cri- criticism often are rolled up into one. The same people are talking about them or philosoph- people who we would call philosophers were media critics. Baudrillard's a good example. That also tells us a lot about our humanity and our self-concept, right? So she has all this, all of these different inputs. She's a queer woman. So sometimes she talks about queerness and how that shows up in media and also the relationship of, of in, like the role of internet and TV and even in the Kardashians and, and their queerness from her unique intersection. You know, she might get bored with the Kardashians at some point. She probably will, but she doesn't have to throw away this entire platform that she's created. She can continue to grow it and grow it and grow it and sort of extend the branches or the fingers of what her content talks about and reaches as long as the roots are here at that unique intersection of media criticism studies and reality TV influencers, new media. So my goal for you is to 
find your unique intersection to concepts that feel disparate or like they're, they might even be oppositional or like they have no, absolutely just nothing in common and figuring out what is your unique perspective there? Because that's the other thing that comes with unique intersection. Our thesis, our meaning-making system. And sometimes to understand our meaning-making system, we have to almost reverse engineer it. And we have to think about describing why we believe what we believe to a complete and total stranger. In fact, someone who's like maybe not from this planet. Using language that you'd like, how would you describe to an alien what you believe and why? And maybe you've never done this before. You've never really thought about, well, why do I think that when I put positive pictures or positive words out into the world that more positivity gets created? What what about me believes that? Where did I learn that? Or how do I know that to be true? Where's my evidence for that? And as you sort of put the pieces together and put language to your own meaning-making system, to your own set of beliefs, almost like your own Ten Commandments, then that actually becomes a cornerstone of the content that you can make anywhere, but especially because we're talking about social media on social. So one final thing, when you create your unique intersection, find it. It gives you the freedom to pull in concepts and ideas that are fleetingly interesting to you and to not be viewed as flaky. You're adding to your knowledge base by being interested in many different things. And inevitably, when your knowledge base is is synced, meaning that it's all synergistic, it's all coming together, it's metabolized together, then it's not like there's always a through line because you're taking in information from one source, you're feeding it into your brain, and your brain is creating connections to what you already know and what you've already experienced. So everything that you find interesting, that you go down a rabbit hole on, in some way, that impacts all of the work that you do everything that you share, how you see the world. And it doesn't mean you always have to agree with it, but it helps you shape even more clearly your understanding, which I think is sick. Okay, so I want you to find your unique intersection. And what you would do is just write down all the things that interest you and just be like very honest. So my list looks like, you know, wellness, spirituality, dance, art, philosophy, systems, ADHD, true crime, pop culture, aesthetics, futurism, comedy, equity, books, LA culture, New York City culture, shoes, (laughs) fashion, all these things that I'm very interested in, in particular right now that are sort of in my orbit. And then I want you to look at the ones that really, that really like feel like they've got some depth to you. Maybe notice what you've spent the last couple of years sort of floating around or even haven't let yourself land on because you sort of dismissed it or you thought it was silly or you didn't want to become a pop pop culture commentator. What might that be? What might those two things be? And then I want you to start to write down once you just maybe find one or two, maybe three different unique intersections. So maybe you would combine futurism and pop culture or ADHD and true crime or LA culture and aesthetics or spirituality and New York City culture and start to brainstorm what about that might be interesting to you. And what do you know? What do you understand? What do you believe? This is your meaning-making system, right? So start to write down what your almost like laws, your personal laws or belief systems 
would be at this unique intersection. And the one that you can define most clearly that almost seems to like feel the most natural, I think that that's the intersection that you want to explore. And so what does this have to do with social media and how we show up on the internet or on Instagram or wherever, Web3, wherever we might be showing up? It allows us when we know our unique intersection and we're sort of like created our personal laws, we can from here, share our content pillars and create content pillars of like, you know, this is what consistently, basically your laws, your personal laws are going to be your content pillars. So the things that you pretty consistently come back to and drive your concepts, your understandings, your worldview through the things that you, the new things that you experience. And that will give you freedom to really like share as openly as you can, share authentically, share yourself. I think we also worry about evolving in real time in front of maybe our followers or the people that are looking at us. And we perhaps worry that when we haven't shared our evolution, it can feel jarring and like, well, I started, let's say this podcast and it was about this concept. But now, you know, I actually have been really getting bored with that and I've explored some other things. And I really want to start talking about this other concept that doesn't seem quite as related. And I'm worried that I'm going to lose my listeners or I'm going to lose my audience. And the truth is that might happen, especially if it's something that's a rapid, what feels like overnight shift. But we can also prevent that from happening by being ourselves, by finding this unique intersection and relating back the things that we are interested in when we first get excited by them to that space. So it's not like, oh my gosh, this person completely changed overnight. It's more of an inviting in and inviting into wholeness. This is who I am. This is what I'm interested in. This is what I'm interested in right now. This is where I came from. <laughs> you know, this is what I was interested in six months ago. And maybe some things have shifted as I've explored this pathway. And maybe you, maybe that's actually interesting for you too, dear listener or dear reader or dear watcher, you know, because we're all lurking on the internet. But I, I think that if your fear of changing and evolving, yourself evolving is what's holding you back, you don't need to be afraid of that. In fact, you should embrace it. And we have a choice to create social media systems and a relationship to the internet and social media that encourages our growth and our development and our changing. I really think that using this idea of our unique intersection can help do that. So that's my theory. And I want to hear what you think, obviously. And if you want to double click on more of this, if you're like, wow, um, that's cool. I love changing. I love being myself. And I want to love social media again, because it really is a magical place. Like we truly are casting spells through the ethers. NFTs, like don't even get me started on how NFTs are literally digital spells and they're amazing. And I want to make some for you. But our digital altars class is actually happening soon. Our doors are opening very soon for that class. And it's a four-day intensive class, quick and dirty, on building your digital altar and casting social media spells. It's really fun. We've got so many incredible alumni who've seen insane results. We get DMs all the time with their analytics. And it's just a really fun class, especially if you've been feeling stuck with social media or you're really ready to shift your relationship with it. We do it, of course. It's a notion for magical baddies universe class. So it's made for people with squiggly brains or ADHD. So it's quick. It's live. There are recordings, but there's also homework. And if you complete your homework, you get 50 bucks in your bank account, which is really cool. So I'll put the link in the show notes to sign up for the wait list. And the doors will open next week just as a heads up because these classes are live. They We have to cap them at a certain number of people. So if you've been dying to take this class, um, 
definitely get yourself in there. That's all I have for you. We have some special announcements coming at Holisticism soon, but I love to hear from you. So let me know if this resonated. Pop over to Holisticism on Instagram and let us know what you think. All right, my friends, that's all I have for you. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will see you on the internet. Bye.